From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature. Real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Megan Fury. This time, a man heads out on a bike ride and comes face to face with death. And I just remember being crushed into the ground. It all happened so fast. I really didn't have time to panic or scream or anything. Herc Speckles fell in love with Wyoming before ever setting foot in it. It went back to when I was a senior in college and some friends of mine had brought a mountain map of the ski resort. We put it in the house we were living in that entire last uh, winter in college. I just stared at that map. I swear it made me move out here. That ski resort is the Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. Kirk initially moved for the skiing, but soon fell in love with everything Wyoming has to offer. What do you think is so special about Wyoming? What, um, what made you fall in love with it? The entire state has so many jewels, the Bighorns and the Wind River Mountains and the Tetons, climbing, the hiking, the backpacking. Mountain biking came on the scene in Jackson kind of in the late 80s. And as soon as I discovered that, I was mountain biking almost exclusively for summer activity. And boy, you can sure get to a lot of beautiful places. So on a clear day in late August of 2004, Kirk and two of his friends, Tom Foley and a man they called Big Wally, decided to take their mountain bikes out and tackle the Pinnacle Buttes ride. The trail is on the northwestern side of the state in the Absorca Range. It's also deep in bear country. But Kirk wasn't too worried. He'd spent a lot of time in bear country, and he'd seen his fair share of grizzlies and black bears, but never had any problems with them. You know, hiking in the Tetons and elsewhere, uh, you certainly have encounters from time to time. and Sightings where you see them well ahead on the trail, and they go their way, and we went ours. You know, normal-type bear encounters. Kirk never carried bear spray, but Tom did. Kirk had even talked about it the day before on the phone with Big Wally. He said, well, are you going to bring bear spray? And I said, well, no, I never have. But don't worry, Tom Foley will bring two cans because I just know Tom. Sure enough, we met at my house that morning and Tom had two cans of bear spray. Tom took one can and gave the other to Big Wally. Big Wally put it in his pack and the three of them set off. It was a beautiful day. The trail was relatively dry and uneventful. Never saw any other people. Hadn't seen any wildlife yet. About halfway through the ride, Kirk found himself ahead of his friends. Big Wally had uh, had a recent paragliding accident and uh, he was still recovering from that. And he was a little slower and him and Tom were in the back and I was up front. I didn't know how far ahead I was, but I wasn't too worried about it. Kirk had a bell on his bike. He rang it occasionally and yelled once in a while just to let his friends know he was there. So now we're about halfway around on the ride and there's a big, long, steep climb. You know, you're not going very fast when it's like first gear cranking steep climb. You're just trying to keep a pace to make it to the top of that climb. But I heard a noise. I heard a noise that I wasn't used to hearing when I'm out mountain biking. Definitely got my attention. I heard this sound of something large moving through the woods. And it was to my right. 
and I saw the bear immediately. And he was at a full run down this slope. He was still a fair bit away from me, but he was closing the distance pretty fast. I knew he was seeing me and he was coming for me. And I got off my bike and I yelled bear three times. I had no idea how far back my friends were, the ones with the bear spray. As he got closer, I picked up my bike in front of me and I kind of used it as a shield. When he got 40 or 50 feet away, I lunged it at him and just let out a primeval scream. I lunged the bike towards him. He just did a 180 and started moving the other way. But then he turned around and started coming at me again. Got up on his hind legs. I dropped the bike and backed up. And the grizzly bear went for my bike. He stomped on it with his front legs. He bit it. I could hear the air coming out of the tires. I could hear his uh, paws and claws hitting the aluminum bike frame. Then at some point he got sick of attacking my bike and he started coming for me again. So I kind of faced him, got up on his hind legs. I knew he was gonna take me out. I turned and put my back towards him. And I just remember being crushed into the ground and it got dark. It was all happened so fast. I really didn't have time to panic or scream or anything. The next thing I knew, I was feeling air spray in my face. If Tom Foley was sitting here with us, he would say he came up over the rise and all he could see was my arms sticking out from the grizzly bear. He got off his bike and ran up within about 15 feet of the bear, he said. He just started spraying the bear with his can of bear spray. The bear immediately, the fight kind of went out of him and he walked off of me. I stand up and I see him walking towards Tom. He kept spraying that entire can of bear spray into that bear's face. And as the can pretty much ran out, Big Wally showed up. When the bear saw Big Wally, he started walking back up where he came from. Never showed any sign of distress from the bear spray, but I know he had it because the little bit that got on me was burning. Burned my eyes, my skin. It was moving down with the sweat. It was definitely uh, hurting. After the bear left, Kirk checked his injuries. I had some uh, scrape marks on my forearm and some bear claw marks where he'd walked on me. I had a puncture wound from a bear claw in my shoulder and a lot of claw marks and maybe teeth marks in my bike helmet. Some other minor bruising and stuff, but I, I got pretty lucky. Kirk was in good shape, all things considered, but his bike wasn't. It was pretty much not rideable. I wasn't able to ride it down any hills because I had no brakes because my wheels were bent so badly. 
They had only made it about halfway through the ride before the grizzly attack, and they were a long way from their car. Kirk was worried the bear might come back, and he just wanted to get out of there. It was just pure adrenaline. I think I was hyperventilating. And right as we were ready to go, Tom goes, wait, I can't. I just rubbed my eyes, and now I can't see. So he got some bear spray in his eyes off of his hand. And so now we're waiting for Tom's eyes to clear up. And I was getting very impatient and really wanted to get moving. But it just took a little extra time. The bear never came back. Eventually, Tom's eyes cleared and the three of them started pushing their bikes down the trail. They had one can of bear spray left and they kept it at the ready. They stayed close together and went slow. I think it took us a couple hours to get out of there to where the trailhead was and where the car was parked. And so when you do make it back, what happens next? Well, um, as all prepared mountain bikers have, we had a cooler of uh, adult beverages in the car. So we had one of those. And then we drove out of there, and the first sign of civilization you come to is uh, Togedi Mountain Lodge. There's a, a bar there, so we went in there, and Big Wally, who is a big man, and he had a big, boisterous voice, went up to the bar, and he goes, my buddy just got attacked by a grizzly bear. And everyone was like, yeah, right, whatever. And the story was told, and uh, pretty soon everyone wanted to buy us around. After that, they all went home. Kirk never went to the hospital and only required some minor first aid. But he did report the attack to a Wyoming game and fish warden. I said, but, you know, I don't want you to go hunting for the bear. I was in his territory and I didn't want the bear to be removed. I just wanted them to know about it and play signage or just get the word out. And that's basically what happened. It's been almost 20 years since the attack, and Kirk holds nothing against the grizzly bear. He was just doing what bears do. And bear attacks are pretty rare. On average, there's only about 40 reported attacks every year worldwide. You have a higher chance of being struck by lightning than by a grizzly. Kirk's told his story countless times to friends and friends of friends. What are some of the most common questions that people ask you after they hear your story? They like to know if the bear had a smell or did he have really bad breath. (laughs) I don't know if it was just because of the adrenaline, but I didn't notice any bad breath or a smelly bear. Local news outlets picked up the story. It was featured in a book about bear attacks. Kirk's done radio interviews and even Oprah called, but... I think the Oprah Winfrey show lost interest when they found out I wasn't missing a limb or I had a horrible injury or something. I'm not sure what they were looking for. Kirk's had a lot of time to reflect. He knows he got lucky that day, and he's grateful because he didn't know if he would survive. At the moment, he came at me, and all I had was my bike helmet on and my bike shorts, and that's about it. I thought... I don't know what's going to happen now, but this isn't good. 
your life kind of flashes before you a little bit. Tom got there just in the nick of time. Tom Foley absolutely saved my life. He and Tom are still friends. Big Wally sadly passed away in 2010 in an avalanche. I didn't know that the first time Kirk and I spoke. Kirk called me back about a week later just to talk about his friend. Big Wally's real name was Mark Walling, but uh, he was known as Big or Big Wally to everyone. He was quite a character. He was a paraglider pilot, and just world adventurer, just very well known here in Jackson. And, and uh, it was uh, tough to lose Big Wally. Our storyteller today was Kirk Speckles. This episode is dedicated to Big Wally. Kirk still lives in Wyoming, and he still spends a lot of time in bear country. But he's learned his lesson, and now he always carries bear spray. For photos from this episode, follow Human Nature on social media. That's Human Nature, one word, one N. We're Human Nature Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, we're Human Nature Pod, and I'm at Megs to Riches. All letters, no numbers. And if you liked what you heard, share this episode and leave us a five-star review. It really helps more people discover the podcast. I'm Megan Fury. This episode was produced by me, with help from Greg Ronco, Charles Fournier, Ivy Engel, Ryan Kelly, Luke Foring, and Stephen Carroll. Our theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human nature.